0: This podcast is brought to you by Native Co-Gallery, an indigenous-owned business. They offer turquoise jewelry, beadwork, pottery, and Pendleton. You can also shop jewelry and Pendleton on their website at www.nativecogallery.com or in store at 516 West 12th, Ada, Oklahoma. And let them know Russ from Oki Podcast sent ya. This episode of Okie Podcast is brought to you by Southwest Trading Company. If you've not been to Southwest Trading Company, please go do that right now we or after this podcast. But the location for Southwest Trading Company is 1306 East 11th Street, Tulsa, Oklahoma. Southwest Trading Company has so many items from so many different artists, like jewelry, art, blankets, cedar boxes, clothing, collectibles, you name it, they got it. So why not shop at Southwest Trading Company? Go like the Facebook page, follow the Facebook page, to keep up with all new events coming at the store and items. And once again, that location is 1306 East 11th Street, Tulsa, Oklahoma. Go check them out and let them know Russ from Oki Podcast sent you. podcast and on this episode i have great guests for today he's a musical artist had enough is on the show what's going on bro Uh not much getting used to uh, it getting darker earlier dude it's it's such a i don't know why we still do that
1: <laughs> well see what's crazy was i was in arizona uh, for a show this past weekend yeah. and they don't do daylight savings time. No. It got dark about six, but mm-hmm. I don't believe they've ever done
0: that. But no. it's funny
1: because I come back home when daylight savings time starts. <laughs> <laughs> so it's weird.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's a, uh, yeah, I know they don't do that over there and there's a few other places that don't, mm-hmm. they don't bother with uh daylight savings or turn your clocks back forward and all that. Like, and cause we uh, do a, uh, our language classes and somebody lives out in Arizona mm-hmm. And they did. They, they for they're like, oh, I forgot. Like it's a daylight savings for you guys, <laughs> and my times are all messed up now. <laughs> yep. What was it like coming back here? Like, was it just like?
1: It was about the same because like the the times because like obviously it's a different time zone. I believe it's like in Arizona. I believe it's like it's an hour or two. I believe it's just an hour, but it might be two hours. Mm-hmm. Um, like behind. Yeah. Something like that, because I because I remember getting tired earlier in the show, um, and just realizing, man, we're still on Tulsa time and, and mentally, and then we get back, it's like the because you know your your phones and then when, especially when you're, uh, because the rental vehicle we had had uh, it was it was a hybrid, mm-hmm. so a lot of the vehicle was very I guess you could say digital, so you don't really have to change, mm-hmm. not like. When I got home and I had to set my clock back in my car. But there I noticed the time didn't exactly change. So it was because of the daylight savings time coming back from like New Mexico. Yeah. I think, I believe that time was pretty much the same. (laughs) (laughs) So (laughs) I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure it never changed. (laughs) We're in Texas coming through Amarillo. And I'm like, okay, well, we're definitely back in
0: central time zone. Time zone hasn't changed. So. (laughs)
1: This <laughs> is weird how that.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's time zones are crazy. Like when I went to Vegas, we flew and we left here around twelve thirty, and then flew to Vegas. We got there and it was twelve twenty. <laughs> it was so weird. I was like, okay, so I gained two hours now. Yeah, and now I have the entire day to do whatever. And right, it was just it was just a weird thing to fly. I've never flown from somewhere to somewhere where the time zones are crazy different Uh but yeah but totally understandable i just want to know like uh if it was any if it was kind of strange you coming back from your show from arizona hitting up here and then we turned clocks back no i was (coughs) same time (laughs) (laughs) but uh how uh so are you from here like also yeah yeah born and raised yeah born and raised Uh uh-huh yeah and then have you always done music
1: um yeah, uh, I would say, I'm trying to think of the earliest. I know I started to, I know I attempted it just for fun when I was 12. And then it was this, my senior year of high school where I was dead set on it. Really? And uh, a friend of mine um, told me, yeah, it's, it's two things either that you do after high school. You're either going to go to college or you're going to start a band. Mm. <laughs> I went to college later when... Um, uh, after after I did the band thing for a few years, um, I didn't graduate, but I did it. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, so yeah, I'd say about the senior year of high school is uh, is when I was like, yeah, I was going to do it, and you know, trials and tribulations. Uh, I'll never forget when I tried to put on my first show. It was um, absolutely like. Disastrous. Like, uh, I try to do it at like Mohawk Park Uh because it was the only place I knew that you could do live. Because that's where Edgefest at the time was doing stuff, and I was like, "Well, that's a cool place." I did not have a sound guy. Didn't know what I was doing, and I had bands dropping off left and right because the story changed, and that's just I just didn't know what I was doing. Mm -hmm. So the first time I actually. Landed a show was at Jam Shack. You could rent out their uh, little room, and um, and so by that time I knew what I was doing. I was able, and then they'd rent you the room. Then they rent you a PA system, which was like one of those like self-run PA systems. Uh And um, and so uh, um, Tulsa State Fair was in. So I learned on my the first show I ran that you're not going to win competing against the Tulsa state fair. So the turnout was okay. Um, the headlining band was a death metal band. The singer, um, smashed his head with a watermelon. Whoa. They, well, he was known for doing that. He did it outside. Cause, uh, I told him, yeah, don't do it inside. <laughs> cause, the, cause yeah, the owners of the, um, of the store will throw a fit. And, um, there was a chaotic. I guess uh, one of the, the one of the bands left their drum their drum cymbals behind, and then they bl- they they accused another band of stealing it, even though I watched them walk out and leave the cymbal bag behind. <laughs> <laughs> and it was it was just totally chaotic. Uh, yeah, I lost 150 bucks, and then kind of got better at that. Um, the first show I performed was my first band. It was a coffee shop called The Loft. Um, which now it's a barber shop
0: oh really oh
1: yeah uh, elephant yeah. uh, I think it's called elf I should know I, I go there often um <laughs> yeah elephant in the room or it's only, I don't know if it's the same building yet but it's in that same complex uh-huh. and um and so yeah that they they did shows there they had a room they had a stage they had a sound system and I think I was 21 so when I did my first show. But I uh, did a lot of like pl- I was uh, in high school. I took drama class, so I did a lot of plays, like Broadway stuff, monologues. So I got comfortable in the to stay on the stage and on the spotlight in front of people pretty early on. Mm-hmm. So uh, when it came down to actually playing music and being on stage, I was already like natural at that, like uh, just because because I, I meet I meet artists for the first time and like to them getting those nerves out for Damn. the first time. And, uh, I I actually had one guy at my open mic and, uh, and I was telling him to keep coming so he could get adjusted to it. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and he told me, he was like, man, it was just like, everyone was staring at me. I was like, well, you got their attention. So that's, (laughs) but yeah, you just got to get used to not being nervous or even slightly intimidated, but you did the first, you achieved the first part is getting their attention. Yeah. Because especially nowadays, everyone is at the bar or on their phone or talking to their friends. Mm -hmm. So if you can get their eyes on you, then you achieved step one. Yeah. So you just have to like not let it intimidate you or make you nervous. Mm -hmm. So, um, but, uh, yeah, that's, that's kind of the beginning stages of, of, of doing music. Uh, like I said, I did the band thing for about 10 years, learned about merchandise, learned about touring, um learning that um you know obviously like when you have a band you have different personalities sometimes they get along sometimes they don't yeah and so that kind of led me to go solo and um and so 2008's when i started had enough uh october 2008 and uh, i just just got more in tune with the the lyric writing and Mm -hmm. that's kind of what spawned that and then i uh, kind of just kind of went back because i was in metal bands and so i kind of went back to a lot of my old hip-hop influences and and then the new hip-hop that i was starting to like discover and uh it just kind of all foreign from there
0: whoa 2008 is when had enough started like had yeah. enough like yeah. Yeah, yeah bro like i didn't know it was that long ago yeah i mean it feels like i mean like yeah like when i watched you perform uh uh-huh. <clears throat> I mean, you know, like it's you weren't bugging out or anything, like you, you were just naturally up there doing what you do, yeah. getting a crowd up there and and that was the past show in Owasso that I watched you yeah. at and I've seen you at uh oh gosh, what's the other place? Um the uh it's by lot six, I think. Pearl. Oh, Blackbird and Pearl. Yeah. I've seen you there too when Frank was there yeah. also. And but I mean all you guys man like it's just like naturally you're not you're just there like you're Mm -hmm. pumping up the crowd and it's like it comes so naturally to y'all that i don't know like i'd never think back of like damn how long they've been doing that you know how long like what was the story behind that but you said you were in drama yeah and you did a lot of plays and broadway things like what steered you away from that to start
1: um well in drama that's basically what you do like drama Drama class is, is really learning um, how to act, mm-hmm. how to so like that's where a lot of Broadway performers started. They took drama class, and you learn improv, um, and and things like that. And um, and so uh, to me, it was just like they just give you a project. Um, uh, at the time, I was a punk rock kid in high school, so SLC Punk was my favorite movie. Probably watched it yes. a million times. Could recite the whole movie. And then um, for those who've seen the movie, the main character, um, I think it's Steve-O. I haven't seen the movie in a while, so, ne- so now I don't even remember names. Steve-O and Heroin Bob, I believe, is what it was. Yeah. And so I would do his monologues and how he was narrating the movie. And so obviously there were certain words I would take out because it's you're in high school and you're – your kids performing for your parents and your family. They're coming to, <laughs> to see the performance, maybe cer- certain school fa- uh, faculty. Um, and so, um, and that's kind of what I did. And it was funny was I remember getting off stage and then they had the dressing room and my class. And then like someone who was from, I think a different school um, was like, wow, you, you really dressed it up and the, you know, because I had the spikes I had the uh, thrift store clothing and then one of my one of my other like classmates was like, no no he he dresses like that all the time. <laughs> it's not part of the costume. <laughs> he just picked the right material to, to do and um and so I don't know he's, I think it's just I think that's how it transports into music mm-hmm. is because you find material that you like and that you can adapt to and that uh, you're super passionate about. And so uh, it's e- it's easy to kind of play that part, yeah. In that way, so that's the best way I can. And then I wasn't even doing music. Uh, well, no, I was. I had uh, me and my best friend had the well. He would bring over his PlayStation to my house, mm-hmm. and um, and so uh, I don't know if you remember MTV Music Generator. Oh yeah, I remember it that. was. This was like FL Studio and like GarageBand, like uh. Pro Tools before that was even a thing because you could grab loops, make beats basically. And then so uh, it's funny because you can do the exact same thing with like GarageBand, uh, Logic Pro, uh, you know, Fruity Loops and stuff like that. Just take loops and then it would put it all in a synchronized timing. And then um, and uh, and so me and my friend would make beats that way. And I had uh, a boom box it had a cd a cd player on the top had two cassette tape players one you could put a blank cassette tape hit record the other one you could hit play so what i would do was i would rec- i would be able to and you could use like i was able to plug that into my to my tv mm-hmm. or to the playstation i can't quite remember and i was able to uh record those beats onto a tape and then i would have like this cheap radio uh, Radio Shack mic, and I would tape it because my boombox had a handle on the top, mm-hmm. and so I would tape it to the top of it like it was a mic stand, and um, and then and then so we would hit play on the beats, and then we would record uh, doing very terrible freestyles because me and him weren't you know we're high school and kids, we're you know uh, he was a freestyler, I liked to write. I could just write a verse and then have it in front of me but be able he always said I was a fast reader Mm -hmm. because I would barely I mean we're kids like we didn't really take it that serious but I was able to do it without really rehearsing and uh so we just kind of joked around with that but then he would leave his playstation at my house because he'd be back because he'd come over to the next weekend and then I'm myself getting really into this so that's kind of where it started for me Mm -hmm. um but, uh, and then also, later down the line, I got a vocal effects processor that I was able to plug in into that exact same uh, system. I don't exactly remember how I pulled that off. I think uh I plugged the mic into the and what I used the vocal effects process was for like reverb echo, so that way your vocals didn't sound dry. It sounded like it was actually being mixed. Mm-hmm. So just <laughs> now it was that was a couple of years later. Um, I did that when my band was trying to save money and just say, "Hey, could we record the stuff ourselves?" Which we eventually just said, "Let's go to a studio." <laughs> so you know what I mean. But uh, so I got so which that was my first actual studio uh, experience, and um, and so yeah, um, but that's about it. Like every yeah, everything has like its early. I guess eight mile story, but yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Humbling times. That's awesome. Yeah.
0: (laughs) No, I knew people too. Like, they would get on these, the older, the old school, like computers, the big box ones. And they had like some sort of recording thing and the little, the little white microphones that weren't worth anything. They would somehow loop beats into that recording, whatever it was. And then they would rap onto that. Mm -hmm. And it's like, God, like, people are so creative. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, and I've heard stories about the music generator, MTV one, mm-hmm. too. And I think they even had Timbaland, like, have some beats on Earth. Yeah. Some kind of loops on there with Timbaland. Yeah. Yeah, Timbaland, man. That was my guy right there yeah. growing up. <laughs> Did you like acting? I was going to ask um, you. That. No, it was
1: fun. I mean, a lot of the plays I was in on high school, I was really kind of one of the extra. Okay. Um. I think I p- played a priest once. Mm-hmm. I can't exactly remember, but I remember um, I kind of took one of those, I'd get one of those supporting acting roles. Mm-hmm. And, um, and uh, but yeah, um, so n- n- not so much where I really had a whole lot of dialogue. Oh, okay. So, um, but I remember in class that we would get certain projects and stuff like that like okay come up with a story and then you they you know break you up and it'd be like you and two other people and you come up with a story and but they really like taught you improv mm-hmm. um which is kind of cool because in many ways that's kind of improv very similar to uh what happens in music obviously in hip-hop freestyling is improving, sure. um and then you have um same thing which is actual musicians that's what jam bands are basically it's a it's a band of musicians who are playing something completely off the cuff but they're able to kind of you know co coexist and synchronize with each other and um and so yeah learning it learning the, the art of improv is and then comedians as well oh yeah there's true. there's some comedians i think like i i think uh bill burr was able he's done he'll do like an improv for like almost 15 minutes of just just I mean, um, I've seen so many stand-up comedians where, like, they'll interact with the crowd and then they'll have these great comebacks mm-hmm. whenever they ask, the, you know, like, okay, whose birthday is it? Cool, you married? And then they'll say something like, um, yes, and, the, like, the girl will say yes, and the guy will kind of look over as is like, okay, well, apparently the guy isn't married or something. <laughs> yeah. like they will go off of something, and they will find a way to stump people, mm-hmm. and it gets the crowd laughing. And I've seen comedians, like, just yeah, go on for 15, 20 minutes, and you know it's not pre-written because he's going off. He's He he just created a bit off of him, you know, messing with the crowd, yeah. messing somewhere in the crowd. And so comedians have a lot of a lot of good improv talent. And so, and there's there's certain improv I've done like in the middle of a song before mm-hmm. just for the, just for the fun of it and so uh so yeah that's that's what a lot of like the drama classes like
0: teach you nice nice yeah it is true mm-hmm. i wish i would have done that in high school but oh, i was terrified <laughs> i i didn't want to be on stage i didn't want all those eyes on me and i mean i was already like um very insecure in high school yeah
2: and
1: yeah. that's the weird thing i've had um because uh, I've always been an introvert mm-hmm. in high school. I didn't even know what that word was until I was 32 and a girlfriend st- I made an introvert joke. And mm-hmm. then I made a whole album about that and called it Do Not Disturb the Introvert. Like Once I found that word, I was like, oh, okay, that's my problem. That's been my problem the whole life. <laughs> but uh, when I was in high school, I was always considered the shy type. And uh-huh. I look back and I don't think it was... I mean, I, don't really con- I didn't really consider myself shy. I think it was... Um, I, I just think cause the term shy sounds kind of like a weakness and you never want to think of yourself that way. But I think it was just more of li- thinking back. I noticed I never like really can, I never really understood or connected with people who are super outgoing. Like they say everything that comes through their mind mm. and they have to be the loudest one in the room. Mm. And I always thought that was super like annoying and cringe. Okay. <laughs> so, so I would see. So I would. I would always noticed that, and I think that always put me on the opposite, which is I'm more quiet. And I think didn't talk a whole lot. Wasn't the most outgoing. You know, only hung out with like a couple of people. Um, and so, what surprised a lot of people was how of how much I could come out of my shell when the spotlight is on and I'm on stage and you know center stage. Mm-hmm. And so. That was, and I maybe that's what kind of kept me to it. Cause it was like the one thing that would take me out of my shell. Um, and then later down the line, like even doing shows and then the bartender, you know, the bartender, I'd be like, you know, I try not to like order a drink and come off like rude. I'd always kind of be like, yes, please. Thank you. Duh, duh, duh. Mm-hmm. The bartender says, why are you so fucking shy and nice? I was like, well, I'm not shy. If I was shy, I wouldn't have ordered the drink in the first place. He goes, it was like, okay, well, you can yell at me halfway across the bar. Everyone else does it. So <laughs> I was like, I know, but I'm not trying to be it. You know, yeah, it was like I've you. worked in service before. I know, I know how much all it takes is one asshole to ruin your whole night. Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to be that guy. So I try to be as, I guess, gentle as possible. He's like, well, how are you like this? And you get up there, and then you're like, like that makes no fucking sense like how do you do like i just like i don't know i guess i'm bipolar in that way where i can just switch personalities yeah but uh but yeah it's just performing's the one thing that got me out of my shell so um i was never the most talkative or outgoing person um i'm more now than before but even then people say man you're 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 weird like i felt you 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 come off like you're mad at everybody or something and and then I see videos of shows. I see me and behind, and I have that that bitch face. And I'm like, what, you know? And and the thing about it was, is this happened recently, where it was a uh, a tickle. Uh, I think it was a they did a raffle ticket, mm-hmm. and my girl sitting next to me applauding, and I know I applauded too. But right then, someone's arm moving, and you can't see my hand, and I look like pissed off. And I don't know why. All I could think of is I was in my head thinking about something else, and I look like I'm just not happy for this person, and I know I was. And I'm thinking, and then people tell me is like, "Hey, are you mad at me?" And I'm like, "No. Why?" He goes, "It's, it's just your vibe." Like, and I'm like, "My mind's probably somewhere else. I probably didn't hear you, so you just have to say my name and get my attention." So I have that. I have the introvertness. I have the ADD. I have this being stuck in my head a lot. Mm -hmm. and um and so so yeah with all that going on and and having to kind of explain yourself to people who might get the wrong impression um and then it's all it's all goes away once i get on stage comes i come completely out of my shell
2: yeah (laughs) so (laughs) well
0: before your show it was like I just figured you were really focused on like, uh, yeah, that's, yeah, that's part of the problem. That yeah. too, it's like you're really just trying to get in that zone, right? Yeah. Like, cause you're set, you got to set up, and then the, you know, uh, the DJ has to set up too, and then the merch and all this stuff, and you're just kind of, you're just kind of getting in that. So I under- yeah, and I understood yeah. that too. I was like, uh, cause everybody was just kind of cool and calm and collecting themselves, yeah. at that show, and uh, it was just like real chill yeah you know it's just like everybody's like in their own space mm-hmm. I guess in their heads but.
1: yeah yeah once uh, that's kind of kind of how it is like um like whenever I'm having to bring my own PA system and run mm-hmm. sound um I when I get there I just prefer to do that right off the bat get yeah. set up and then that's out of the way and then I'm like okay gonna go open a tab and go go chit chat and stuff like that so yeah once the work's done, then I can relax, then I can just chill, hang out with everybody. And then once the show starts, you know, everything's cool. But, um, but yeah, that's, <laughs> that's uh first thing or setting up merch or something like that. Like I, I like to get that like done immediately. Yeah. So it's out of the way. And so, uh, <laughs>
0: <laughs> what was that? Uh, was that first band a punk band or like a metal band Yeah, you, um, that you started or you were in? Oh, uh, metal. His metal? Yeah. Okay. Um, okay.
1: I did try to, there were a couple of times I tried to start a punk band mm-hmm. and uh, just couldn't find the right people. Or if I did, they just kind of went into jam. They didn't really want to take the next step. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. But um, one um, one dream project that I never got to happen, and that's back then, I have no interest in doing it now. Mm-hmm. Um. Was gonna be a blues metal band, so oh. um, what it was was I was gonna do front vocals, do all the screaming parts, mm-hmm. and then I wanted a uh, a second guitarist who could sing the blues, and then basically, and that's it. Like every other member would be like a metal musician, but you'd have the lead guitar doing. He'd be playing metal riffs, but playing like notes that you would that you would hear like in a. A BB King song or something like that, mm-hmm. and then he would sing the choruses real like bluesy, and so that was a. I mean, that was an idea, and I even had a couple people in mind. It just that kind of never like came about, but uh, that was an idea of because because um, moving on from metal to hip hop, playing in a metal band just got kind of um, monotonous. Mm-hmm. It uh, for for one, it was just trying to get everyone on board but everyone just knew what they didn't want to do and it was it was kind of hard to kind of get everyone to say what they did want to do Mm -hmm. and uh and obviously i started to get more inspired by hip-hop at the time so that's kind of what i moved moved to but uh but i remember just kind of like i felt like there needed to be some type of next step for metal because i think uh in the early because this was like you know early to them Almost to the you know this is in the two thousands and uh, mm-hmm. and uh, metal um, which I have metalhead friends would probably hate me for this but it got to a point where it got real generic because it got saturated with all these different subgenres of metal but it was like a lot of them a lot of bands sounded the same. And, uh, that's kind of where the blues metal band kind of, and there's probably one out there somewhere that I just haven't discovered yet. I'm sure I'm not the first one to come up with that idea.
0: (laughs) I was going to ask you, is there any bands out there that are like that blues metal?
1: Um, well, blues is one of the early roots of, of metal next to jazz Uh and then old school rock and roll. Um, like all the drum patterns in metal is all, you know, if you kind of break it down, it comes from like jazz, uh, drum patterns. And of course, like solos and riffs, like yeah, it's it all derives from blues and from jazz, and uh, and so I'm I'm sure somewhere there's a band that probably does something similar to that. Mm -hmm. Um, So, but uh, I mean, I just haven't discovered that band yet. (laughs) So, um, and that's kind of I tell people like hip hop and metal have a lot of similarities because hip hop's roots. Uh, yeah, it's blues, jazz, funk, psychedelic, and '60s rock and roll. Mm -hmm. So they have the, they definitely have like the jazz uh, elements as well. Uh, But I think you you probably hear it, but you hear it in hip hop a lot more clearer than metal. Yeah. So,
0: what do you think of new metal?
1: Oh, I was a big new metal fan. I still am. Um, I actually got into new metal before I got into, well, I guess an an exception to like. Metallica and Pantera and like the old school bands, but um, I just when I discovered Corn first, and so and I still listen to all those bands. So, <laughs> so yeah, the new metal thing, yeah, I I've always I was always into. There came to a point where I did fall out of it when I started to discover like when I discovered like Lamb of God, Children of Bodem, and I started to discover more more musical uh, diversity. And so, and then I kind of came back to new metal a little bit later mm-hmm. and then kind of became reminded of, of what the appeal of that actually is. Mm-hmm. Cause, um, cause now like new metal to me is just like, it's, it's, it's like, it's like, to me, it's like trap is to hip hop now. It's just another subgenre mm-hmm. of that. You know, I don't, you know, now I'm looking at, it, I don't see like new metal is any less than metal. Um, there's just not as, uh. Um, there's not as many solos um the music's a little bit more simpler but it doesn't uh doesn't i don't think it fully take takes takes away from it yeah Uh, i don't think it like doesn't belong doesn't belong to be part of of that especially now when you see a lot of new metal bands and actual like thrash and death metal bands are kind of on the same festivals now. So mm-hmm. they're not so much in different worlds as, as much as some of the uh, core fans like to say they are. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> did you like hip hop first or did you like metal first? Like um, what came first?
1: I would say, I would say hip hop. Really? Um, because I would say one of the early run DMC was probably the first hip hop I remember hearing. And then Beastie Boys was after that. Um, mm, Yeah. Yeah. Metal, I didn't really... I didn't really discover metal till I was probably about... Probably like maybe 14. Mm-hmm. Probably somewhere close. I'd say close to like, when I was like 15. Um, and then I think I, re- I really got into it when I was like 18, 19. So, um, but yeah... Cause um I remember being Coolio crazed. I remember being all into Coolio when I was thirteen, and um, and stuff like that. Yeah, so I think heavy metal definitely came when I got a little bit closer to like fifteen, sixteen, and then and then I got into like KMFDM. I was huge, Marilyn Manson, so I was like huge into into that. Mm-hmm. Then I discovered insane clown posse, and then and um, uh man i'm trying to think of what else uh and then yeah 19 is when i got into punk because a friend of mine got me into misfits and then rancid and then you know black flag and all that kind of stuff so yeah so yeah
0: yeah i like how you mentioned icp because i've been meaning to ask you like Mm -hmm. because they they talk about what what is it like the wicked yeah the wicked uh style type of rap i yeah, guess wicked shit I think wicked how they put shit it. Yeah, yeah that's how they say it wicked shit and so is that kind of what you do too well here,
1: here's the thing is uh i'm uh i'm like a casual icp fan yeah, um, yeah. i have friends like I have, I have plenty of juggalo friends i have uh-huh. juggalo fans and so i've had conversations with them like they'll they'll tell me like a lot of the background stories um i've yeah, they've broken down the whole ICP and twisted beef, um, thing, and there's that. Yeah, um, and so, I mean, I li- the great uh, Malinka was was the album that that I liked, but um, but like but like I said, I was never like I'm never like a huge ICP fan. Yeah, but like I said, I, there's there's songs of them I enjoyed. Their live shows are fucking crazy. Like I give them props for the live shows and kind of like this whole. Uh, movement and this whole community that they they built, um, but um, I've got I've oh but I have continuously gotten the ICP uh, comparison or someone says oh it sounds like this mixed with ICP and the funny thing is is like is this like uh like I said being being a casual fan not like a a fanatic or at least you know not too to a point. Of uh of of like I, I said, there's a lot of them. There's a lot of the stuff that my friends have told me that I don't know because I haven't really followed it as 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 closely as they have. Mm-hmm. So, but um, but it's crazy because I've that they've never like really they've been when it comes down to like uh, marketing when it comes down to the business side when it when it comes down to like appealing to a fan base mm-hmm. they've been an inspiration to me, um, but. As far as music, I've just been more inspired by more lyrical, yeah, uh, MCs and stuff like that. Uh, but when I first started rapping, people said I sounded like E40, and then and E40 was never a rapper I really listened to, mm-hmm. and um, and stuff like that. And I've got all kinds of like comparisons to always a rapper I, I I don't normally listen to. So for me to slightly sound like them is highly like, um, coincidental. <laughs> it's just a coincidence because it's like it's not like I must sound like this oh, guy yeah, or nothing yeah. like that. So yeah, that's kind of the the funny. This this is kind of one of the the funny elements of that.
0: Yeah, well, like uh, I mean, like there's a lot of elements in what yeah. you do. Like, cause you bring in uh, metal, of course. You have a song mm-hmm. where you scream, mm-hmm. uh, hip hop. It's real lyrical, and then you know more of like, uh, I mean, just like October. Like you said, like you mm-hmm. like to drop albums in October, and then it's like the hauntings and Mm -hmm. we, the show in October too, you know, people had masks on and everything. Mm And so, um, so that's why I asked that. Like, uh, is it, was it kind of like influenced by, I guess the wicked shit I've been Um, wanting, but
1: maybe a little bit, bit, Uh, I'd say probably a little bit, but
0: I mean, just pieces from everything too. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Just not as much as probably people will think.
2: Yeah. I didn't Um, really hear a lot of it, but
0: yeah, I heard so much from, you know, your set Mm -hmm. and from past to then or to what, i was at in owasso and i mean it was just like you know there's more there's always new music and then you know it's a great following mm-hmm. and you know it was just uh it was cool to see man yeah. it was really cool to see in person again yeah because uh like i said before i i saw you at the uh the pearl whatever he said the, the uh, blackbird yeah. yeah blackbird sorry if i get that wrong uh but, <laughs> no, but yeah blackbird on pearl and uh yeah, I mean, you know, it was uh it was cool to see you for that first time mm-hmm. and then see you again with like new material and just kind of get more in tune with it, you know, but mm-hmm. 'cause cuz that was more of a personal type of show. Right. Yeah. In Owasso. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that was a uh, but yeah, that was that's what I want to ask you uh, like what pieces were grabbed and then what influenced everything, I guess into what you do now you know like mm-hmm. from your first album how many albums do you have oh shit um <laughs> i know you started in 08 <laughs> yeah um I, I didn't
1: there's not really a, like to me it's just like you know you can you can put together a project uh-huh. uh uh pr- print it out on cd press it and all that stuff but i I would definitely say like i didn't really put out an album till 2014 really uh reason being is because i don't consider it an album unless it's been fully uh just you know there's been the distribution isn't full Mm -hmm. like not just printing a cd and giving it out but i mean like you know it's on itunes it's on you know spotify uh so it's distributed out there yeah but it's also available on cd and other things so um but also i look back on some of my past projects i'm like that was a demo let's forget about that (laughs) so the first album i put out was called wake me up when the world ends and that was 2014 and i just i I put that out completely by myself Mm -hmm. and then 2015 is when i put out do not disturb the introvert. And then that's when my former label Moogan Music had formed. And I was the first album that they released, which I learned a lot about releasing albums, marketing, how to how to, how to build a a marketing a marketing campaign for singles, videos, and albums, stuff like that. So, um, and I put out quite a few through there. There's a few projects that I got to release under Sony Orchard. And um and then, um, let me think what's, I'd have to think, I think it's at least like, I would say at least, uh, six, six or seven albums maybe. Mm-hmm. And I think, but a couple of them were like EPs. So I'd have to, <laughs> I'd have to count each one. So it would say, i would say, wake me up in the world ends. Do not stir the introvert nihilist. Um, uh, let's see. Um. That's when I nihilist. Then there was Mood Swings. Then there was Open Wounds. And then I remember that because that's when 2020 happened. And then uh Stir Crazy. That was the one I put out while during lockdown. <laughs> and then um shit, what what happened after? Oh, and then Echo Chamber. And then after Echo Chamber, Unholy Vibes. Okay, so eight. So the album I'm putting out. This year will be nine. nine. Yeah, nice. So, so just one away from ten, and that's the, <laughs> that's the goal. So.
0: <laughs> Is that retirement after that, or no? no? It's okay. it's just
1: <laughs> tens that number. Okay, you know the Ten Commandments, the top ten. Uh. uh, you know your your uh, you know your favorite ten. So, nah. Um, I'll <laughs> retire once I've had twenty. <laughs> but it's cool because I already have the next project for next year. Uh, figured out. Oh, really? Um, not really figured out. I know who, who is going to produce the music. Mm -hmm. And, um, and, uh, I haven't got the actual concept yet. But, um, but yeah, I didn't realize how close I was to that. So, (laughs) so I ran on. All right. (laughs) Now I do.
0: Do you still make your own beats?
1: No. No. Um, I haven't made my own beats in many years. Uh When I first started, I did. And there were a couple, there were a couple I made that, um, were fairly decent. And there were a lot of them that I just I don't know what the fuck I was thinking, <laughs> you know. So um, I'll never forget the day I was like, you know, what I really, what I really need musically, I can't pull off. So, um and so I'll never forget when I started going to other people, mm-hmm. and then um and I think my music really. I, I know I remember recalling my music getting better because I had. Someone that was a little bit more skilled in making beats, and uh, so everything else kind of started to kind of come together just a little better. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I've wanted to like buy some equipment and then and then take a lot of time to like learn how to do it mm-hmm. while getting other beats. But um, but I haven't come down to that conclusion yet. So, <laughs> but uh, no, I like getting beats because for me it's a lot easier because I'm very collaborative uh-huh. and at least I don't have to sit there and question if it sounds good, you know? Yeah. So, or this is going to work or, or what have you. It's uh very much like, um, so it's very much like, okay, uh, everything sounds good. I can, you know, I don't have to second get, cause I'm already second guessing whether if, if I like the way this is written down, do I like how this syllable was delivered? So, I don't need that, like, in the music process entirely, so <laughs> the less second-guessing, the better.
0: Yeah, <laughs> always, man. I mean, yeah. that, that's always the thing, too. It's, like, you always, like, you don't want to second-guess yourself, but shit, it happens, man. Yeah. And it, it's it's really frustrating, too. And, like, I was telling somebody else, like, with the stuff I'd make sometimes, like, God, I hate it. Because yeah. <laughs> like, I'm so hard on myself. I'm very yeah. critical about the things, like, the videos I make and i mean I, I started over on this one like three times and because i just i was i hate it man i, I hate i'm scrap everything and finally like because it just wasn't the true vision that I, I i yeah i I saw in my head and then so i just had to let all that pressure go and be like yeah. man just create you know just right. do it just just do it and let it flow and see what happens and so i mean that's i have to learn that too i'm still mm-hmm. learning that yeah it's rough, man. Yeah, and then so you're on album number nine, huh? And last year was Unholy Vibes, mm-hmm. and this year is what's the album name? Chasing Ghosts. Chasing Ghosts. Now, why is it called Chasing Ghosts?
1: Well, um, uh, real simple. If you uh, Google the the meaning of Chasing Ghosts, and mm-hmm. so it's very. Um, where I got the idea from was, um, I was, um, I was at home with my girlfriend and we were watching, um, the dirt, which is the Netflix movie that was based on Motley Crue. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so in that, um, I I fucking love that movie. I, I know it's like, I know people say it's like, oh, there's so many parts they missed out, and I can go on a whole other rant about that. It's it's a movie. You can't put everything in a book in a movie. So there's a a narrative um, elements to it in which you have to kind of stick to, otherwise it doesn't work as a movie. Anyway, that's besides the point. So the Nikki Six character in in that, uh, he keeps talking about how the family came from and all this kind of stuff. And uh, he kept saying, I've always been chasing ghosts. Like, he used that phrase uh, a, a couple times in the film. And this kind of stuck with me. And uh, I remember looking it up. And the way he said it, I, I already had an idea of what that meant. And so it was, in, in, in his context, was him trying uh, to rekindle, um, like, his past. Like, obviously, he had a bad relationship with his mother and... And I think, he, I think he had abusive step. I can't quite remember, mm-hmm. but, uh, it was kind of like him going. So a lot of it, so chasing ghosts, um, I can't exactly remember like the actual definition of it, but it's kind of like, you're kind of stuck in the past a little bit mm-hmm. and you're trying to rekindle things in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, but overall, I just liked the idea. I just liked the sound of that as an album title. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so I kind of went off that concept. Um, but, uh, in my context of 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 why i call the album that is every song on this album is a different subgenre. so you're gonna have like your horrorcore song your jazz song uh there's one that's a that's a little bit like kind of bluesy kind of funk um there's like dark there's a song that's like more dark piano Uh, i do some of my metal vocals on a couple songs um, I have one that's very kind of like Nirvana slash Little Peep sounding. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so that was my idea. And the reason why is because now in the music industry, everything's so niche. Like you have to be put in a box, which has been a music industry thing for a while. They always want to put artists in one box. But when you're diverse and you're able to do so many different things that you want to do this, and so you're constantly fighting that whole uh, box that they're constantly being shoved into. And so, um, and so it's kind of like so. The, so my concept of it is, Jason Ghost is trying to do, is trying to do something that may realistically not be vile. Like, at, like even when I when I send it off for distribution, they're asking genre. What's your first? What's your first genre? You know, what's your main genre? Okay, hip hop. Secondary. I'm like okay, alternative hip hop. Third, rock, kinda. And then other one and. You know, and so it's kind of like, but even the songs that may not sound very hip hop are still going to be under that category. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there's a, I mean, there's a couple songs where uh, there's one in particular called "I'm About to Snap," and it's my least lyrical song. It's really hook based, and I not known for doing hook based songs, but it's very like kind of corn Marilyn Manson influenced. And there's a couple of songs where I do a completely different tone, like more of like a Corey Taylor from Slipknot tone when he's kind of melodically rapping in a way. Oh yeah, you know when he's just you know like this. So, so there's a couple of songs I don't even sound like me. Mm-hmm. At least I don't think I do. And um and so so I so I got to like kind of experiment and go into different directions. So, um, and uh, and you know in some of them, yeah, you could. It could probably work as, as a like a radio hit, and then some, definitely not. So, and I don't mean radio hit intentionally. There are songs I've made where someone's like, "I know you're real into the underground, but this sounds like it could be mainstream." Mm-hmm. I'm like, "Dude, don't, don't tell me that. <laughs> I don't want to." But it's <coughs> but it's cool when something could can be can, could work uh, to hit a higher level without you trying, because mm-hmm. as we know, there's some artists that are like, they're going for that club hit or that radio hit yeah. or to hit number one on billboards, and it's so like corporate sounding. It doesn't even sound like a song. Mm-hmm. It sounds like a, a Pepsi commercial yeah, in a way, you know? And so, uh, but you know, I'm, and the songs that people say, oh, but, it's, but they just say it because the chorus is super catchy. But that's kind of the concept of making a song. You're making something that's supposed to be catchy. Yeah. So, um but yeah, I've got um I got some features that I was really happy with. Um, you know, some first timers, you know, guys I wanted to collaborate, never had a chance to. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, some of my Tulsa guys and then uh, some some other Midwest artists, some uh West Coast and Southwest artists. So, um but yeah, yeah, every song is like a whole different vibe, different sound, different story. But, uh, man, so yeah,
0: can't wait to hear it. Yeah. And it comes out,
1: uh, black Friday. So that'd be November the 24th. 24th. Yeah.
0: Okay, man. And it'd be everywhere. Spotify, Apple. Yep. Yep. And and then, uh,
1: CDs are going to come a little later, which is, like I said, it's a little different. Usually I release an album in October. October is way too busy. Wasn't going to happen. And so, and I thought black Friday would be a cool date to do that. It's the day when people are spending money. So why not? And, um, and I'm also working to uh, release it on cassette tape as well. Oh man! And um, and then, and I'm looking into vinyl as well. So th- I kind of want to start the next chapter of when I release a project that you don't just get it on digital and CD. You can you can get it on vinyl and then cassette tape. And I'm kind of doing the cassette tape thing as a nostalgia thing. So it'll be a it'll be a limited amount. So uh, if anyone. takes any interest in that or has a tape layer and wants to and to tell you the truth like the way I make albums, cassette tapes and vinyls work the best Mm -hmm. because it's in a specific order there's always like an intro song or something that kind of gets you into it from the beginning and I I make my albums in order as if I'm making a movie so it's almost like you pop a Blu-ray in and you have all the different chapters of the movie mm, mm-hmm. and um, and so it's all meant to be heard in a chronicle order and um, and so with cassette tapes with vinyl obviously you can do it on CD but obviously with CD you have the option to skip tracks yeah. and all that and so um, and so I've always orchest- I've always structured my albums in an order that's kind of meant to hear it in that order. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Kind of like, uh, <clears throat> well, for, for one that pops up for me is uh, that Kendrick Lamar. Yeah. Yeah. Good kid. Mad city. Uh huh. Yeah. Cause yeah. that one was straight up like, <clears throat> cause my friends when we got Kendrick Lamar, like in 2010 and, he went mainstream and everything mm-hmm. with uh, Dr. Dre and that good kid Mad City was like that was the first like album I've heard like that in a long time because when we're when I was growing up there was a bunch of albums that played like movies because it had that cassette that mm-hmm. you know vinyl was still around kind of but it was kind of going out too yeah. But when Kendrick released that album, it was, like, he had the intro song, Master Splinter. I forgot the name of it, but, yeah. And it goes all the way down. And it does, like, skits. And it tells a story of him, like, growing up and getting out of Compton and all that stuff. So, nice. like, I, like, totally understand, like, uh, your yeah. albums, too. Like, they mm-hmm. do that as well. And it's just not like, oh, I'm going to skip this. Like, it's just, yeah, it is like a movie. There's chapters. There's... You know, a lot that goes into your songs and your lyrics and everything. And like I said before, there's like a lot of elements that happen. Like, I mean, metal, uh, lyricism, the wicked Mm -hmm. shit. And then like, I was going to ask you too, like, what's, did you say horror core? That's
1: just the, that's the title that gets thrown into it. Um, I mean.
0: I thought that was the wicked shit, but
1: it's not. uh, It's pretty close. I would consider horror core like wicked shit. I I think it's pretty much in, in tune with that. Um, yeah, I get the horrorcore title a lot. I don't think I really much have a song that is strictly horrorcore. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, maybe in some of the beats. Uh, I kind of, I just, I mean, overall, I just kind of consider them like horror rap. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, my horror-related songs are on trap beats, but they they kind of mesh, they kind of synchronize together. In my my own opinion. Um, but yeah, I'll get the whole horrorcore title. I mean, you do one song that's like dark and and you know, related to some you know, a horror movie kind of concept and then all of a sudden, yeah, you're a horrorcore rapper. You know, there's <laughs> um Yeah. And it's funny because of all of everyone I know in the underground that does like dark rap, which is the other uh which is the other subgenre name that I think I'm noticing that these artists tend to stick closer because I think and dark rap, you can go in different directions. Horrorcore just sounds like okay, all your songs are about chopping up bodies and, and shit <laughs> like that, you know. So yeah, you know. And then it's funny because when you hear that, you uh, me, I automatically picture uh, a, a killer clown with an axe running in a forest looking for victims. Uh-huh. And uh, in, I believe, and I haven't done this, but I've heard in interviews other dark rappers talk about this. But they say like if you actually google horrorcore, you'll find literally the most just absolutely awful rappers and that's what they're talking about. They're talking about kill being killer clowns and axing people up. Jeez. And there's no, you know, um you, you know what I mean? None of this it's n- not good. So like yeah. a lot of them like I know Insane Clown Posse had the horrorcore title um and even a lot of MCs that actually were pioneers of that have tried to escape that 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 title it, it just has mm. such a Horrorcore just just has like just um i don't know how to explain it but very much like uh not the best name it's um it's kind of like synonymous in a different way maybe with like emo bands yeah. in a band and he's crying about his girlfriend that left him when he was 14. and so emo's always had like the hair. that bad <laughs> yeah the <laughs> hair emo has always had like Unless, unless you're a chick and you're into that shit. Other than like guys try to like, no, we're not an emo band. We're we're uh, they try to use screamo or they like, oh, so, yeah. or something. Screamo, yeah. Anything that's away from that vowel. No man, we're just a rock band. Yeah, we're just we just make emotional music. So same thing with horrorcore is like a lot of rappers try to escape that title just because of the stigma that's involved in it. And um, but um. But yeah, but uh and for me and uh, I actually did another podcast the other night and I was kind of explaining it. Mm-hmm. And um for me is like when I do like dark rap or, or horror rap songs, um, those are the only times that I'm not being uh it's not a true genuine story. Yeah. Uh when yeah. I um and uh and I even I can't remember some dude on Instagram like told me like well it's not true to hip-hop for you to be rapping about things you're not doing and i was like okay dude there's a part in a line where i talk about levitating somebody okay i'm not david fucking blaine or whatever that guy's name <laughs> yeah, is you know what <laughs> i mean like this is obviously fantasy i'm yeah. not you know and the tr- and the, tr- the truth of the matter is is like when i write these songs i'm i'm in my my battle rap m- mindset mm. so i'm really just talking about battling some you know some other you know rapper or something like that. I'm just going overboard with with the punchlines, but I am a big horror movie fan, and so like like I have a song called Bloodbath and Beyond, which in that I'm basically playing a character who is a combination of Pinhead and Jeffrey Dahmer, and uh, and in the chorus I do quote uh, Hellraiser, mm-hmm. um, and uh, and then there's Wizards of Gore, and then I'm I'm basically just describing just going through some you know going you know going through like in my mind I'm t- I'm thinking about going to a mall and just wreaking havoc
2: mm-hmm.
1: um but that is based on a movie called Wizard of Gore which was a magician who does the whole like saws the girl in half, but it's real? He's actually really killing people on stage. Dang. <laughs> it's an old seventies movie. It's completely like cheap, cheesy. The blood is way too red. You could tell it's fake. So, so there's a lot of there's a lot of movie influences I've had. So, if, so I don't have any any recent ideas or life experience, but I'll pop in a movie and then I'll have an idea and I'll and I'll write it and I'll play one of the characters. You know, so um. So, I mean, like I have a song called Track Murder. I'm basically playing Tyler Durden from Fight Club. Oh, nice. That's so I'm portraying myself uh, in that, but – um You know, so, um, so yeah, I remind people that just like, that's, that's really like me playing a different character Mm -hmm. and none of this is real. So, but when you hear other songs that I'm talking about anxiety, depression, if I'm talking about, I'm not telling a whole story, talking about like some rough time I went through, that's all real. So that's when I'm telling the truth. That's when I'm, uh, talking about things I did go through and I did do, or I did experience. Mm -hmm. And so, my horror rap songs—it's—it's kind of like I—I I compare it to a mainstream rapper who raps about the club and getting chicks and popping bottles and stuff like that. True, like yeah. they do that for fun. Yeah, I do that for fun. So. Okay. <laughs> so to me, it's like it's me having fun. It's uh, and half the time it's comical. Like like I have a song called No Breaks. I have a line that says um, uh, uh what was it like? <laughs> some of the lines in there, like some of them are serious, and then some of them are just me just saying some comical stuff, just to kind of get, you know, the song itself doesn't sound like it doesn't sound like, you know, like a little dicky song that's supposed to be funny. But mm. there's certain lines that like it's reactionary. It's gonna get reaction. Yeah. Um. You know, so you know, th- things uh, you know, things of that nature, like um. Speaking of which, there's a there's a couple lines, and here's another piece about me: is that um, there are certain lines that in my songs that come from a conversation I've had in life, and I'll, I'll give I'll give you a couple. Mm-hmm. In a song called "No Breaks," there's a line that I say, "I row a few blunts, I ain't the smoke a bong type." And truth of the matter is, I don't like bongs. I'll smoke blunts, joints, pre rolls all day. I never like bongs. I just don't like doing it. It's just like, hey, hit the bong, and I'm like, all right, fine. But the reason I did that was, um, there was a there was a lady friend of mine long time. This is years back, Mm -hmm. and uh, she used to dye my hair, or I would we just hang out and shit like that. And uh, and I think she was she was dyeing my hair, and then she had this tiny bong, and uh, and I and I hit it and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, and I know, like, the weed she gets is, you know, she doesn't get any of, a, of like, what was that called? Like, the K2 oh, stuff. Yeah. I knew it wasn't that. I even <clears throat> asked her. She goes like, Everything she gets is pure. I hit that. And then uh, before I knew it, I was having a seizure. Oh. And, uh, and it was probably the most, I think I've only had one. I think it was one, the only other seizure I've had. It was an intense one. I literally felt like I was in outer space. But I was going at, like, literally, like, the faster than speed of light. It was intense. And the next thing I know, uh, she's waking me up, and she said I was about three seconds from throwing you on the floor just to wake you up because uh, my eyes was, like, in the back Whoa. of my head. And then I kept asking, I was like, is there something in that weed? Like, what the fuck? That's ever happened. Mm-hmm. And then um, and then she texted her friend who was a nurse and then told her every little thing. And she goes, yeah, the dumbass forgot to breathe. <laughs> so or something so i guess when i smoked it i but at the same time like i just hit it like i would hit a bong so i don't know exactly what point i went wrong Mm -hmm. and so uh so after that i'm like no i'm good on bongs i blame it on the bong i maybe i didn't breathe maybe i didn't so but uh but same time i never had i was it was never my thing yeah um i just for me i don't feel like getting that stoned so so that's my background story on that um, there's a line from uh, a song called "Still I Want More," right? I said something like, "Um," and there's actually two different lines. There's one where I talk about uh, I'm like an onion with too many layers to peel. Some girl like back in the day told me that. She said, "Getting to know you, you're like an onion with too many layers to peel." And I looked at her, I was like, "The fuck's that supposed to mean?" <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? So it was more of like. <laughs> And, uh, but I think it was similar to, and then, and then, um, and then she told me, well, it's just, it's trying to get to know you is a little tough. I feel like there is this wall. You have this wall and I'm like, what's with the fucking wall? I said, you're like the fifth girl in the fast month that told me that what wall are you talking about? <laughs> and, uh, and so I put, I actually used that in, in the song as well. Um, fuck what was it i used like a i use a trump reference because of the wall thing oh yeah and uh to, just to to, to to organize the whole the whole metaphor and uh i can't remember how i haven't heard that i haven't listened or performed that song in a minute it's on my album uh, nihilist so if anyone wants to for reference uh, but anytime someone told me something or i had something i always kind of utilized it um last one was and my current girlfriend uh, made a joke about that because she knows every song in my catalog. So uh, she, <laughs> it's funny because I'll have an idea and she she was like, "Babe, but you've already said that." Yeah, and the the and I'm and it's like music I haven't of mine I haven't listened to, and I was like, "Yeah, it was the uh, this particular song and this particular album." You said on the fourth line. Mm-hmm. I went, "Oh, that's right." <laughs> so she's like, or she's like, hey, you used that movie sample already. Yeah, it was on that one song you put out in 2020. I'm like, oh, yeah, you're right. But um, she would make a joke to me about one particular line. This one is absolutely true. And I think, uh, um, fuck, I might have gotten the, no. See, if she was here, she would have corrected me. <laughs> the last two lines, The Wall and then The Onion is actually in a song called, um uh uh fuck what's that terminology? Um that just escaped me. Um what's it called? It's um damn I just thought uh f- uh work in progress. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that that was from a song called Work in Proge- Progress on the same album. But this particular line is on a song called Still I Want More. In the first verse I kinda I mentioned a few like random things and um and there's a line where I say uh, my uh, drawer is full of some shit girls left in, at my house. And <laughs> that's an awkward thing to have a convo with your current girlfriend about because uh, I've, I've thrown all those out. But no, over the course of my life, regardless of what house I lived in, any time I had a girl over, uh, there would be something they left behind. And, and I remember one day I went in my drawer and I found I – found, uh, a rosemary bead, I found a scarf, um, some other piece of clothing. That <laughs> and I was just sitting here and I remember every single girl that was left and I was like, why did they just leave shit at my house? What is the deal? Is it is it a... <laughs> and um, she made a joke because one day she left like one of her bracelets and she goes, well, I guess you can add it to the drawer or something like that. <laughs> But I was, I, but yeah, so there'll be certain songs that like, I guess I'm doing the rap about rapping, mm-hmm. but, uh, but even like little random things I'll throw in is actually something that kind of happened in my life or, or at least something that was mentioned to me or is in a convo and then I just write it down. I end up using it. So, <laughs> so I guess whenever you're going on down memory lane, I listen to some of my, my songs or, or whatever. Or I'll listen to an album I haven't, of mine haven't heard, and then I will listen to stuff like that. I was like, oh, yeah, I remember when she said that to me. I remember when that happened. And so I guess it's like a, I don't I guess it's like, uh, it's like that high school, um, yearbook. Oh, know, I yeah. Remember. So <laughs> that's how I operated anyway. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and then you mentioned, uh, well, like real quick before we, uh, end it, but re- yeah. you mentioned, uh, you battle rap battle rap too
1: yeah well uh briefly um i did it backwards like in high school like obviously in high school like everyone everyone was a freestyler every i mean everyone like wanted to battle rap especially mm-hmm. when eight mile came out oh, and that, that everyone wanted to do it so i remember goofing off with our friends like you know in the cafeteria yeah, you, know, you know we were we were all terrible. None of I mean back then none of us could wrap our way out of a plastic bag. So, you know what I mean. But we're just joking around. Nobody's like trying to like body somebody or nothing like that. But there were, but there were, and then there were ciphers, you know, in the hallway at school. So, so um, you know, what I mean, and then some of my close friends were were uh, were the Vietnamese kids who were breakdancers. So there was a lot of hip-hop elements I was surrounded by as a punk rock kid in high school, Mm -hmm. kind of thinking back to it. Um, So later, I would say, later, later. I want to say it's about 2012, I think, um, the Oklahoma City hip-hop scene had a couple of battle, uh, had a couple of hip-hop battle leagues. Mm -hmm. Um, There was one... That was mainly for for everybody, like beginners, like to, to like own hone their craft, and it was run by a couple of guys uh, that 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 were pretty experienced doing battling around Oklahoma City. I think they went to Texas a few times, and then there was another one that was literally like the elites, like these were the guys who were just like lyrical monsters, like, and a lot of them were like so good they're intimidating, and um and I wanted to. I didn't really want to, like, fully, full-time do battling, but I wanted to kind of just for just for progression purposes. And just to say I did it, I was just like, well, the door is open. And so, so I did one that went really well. Um, and then I did another one that I wasn't that crazy about. Mm-hmm. So uh, the second one I didn't prepare that much for, and it wasn't – the first one was at an event. So I was – more hype the second one was at a park and it just kind of felt like a hangout like they're cooking burgers and everything like that so it, it didn't really feel like you're in a battle you felt like it was just you and a bunch of people mm. joking around and stuff like that but i really wanted to just to even if i lost just to like just for the uh the intensity of it of of going against somebody who was like miles better than you and you could probably you know so so I did want to advance to like the more, I guess you could say, elite league. Yeah. The problem was was that league and the league I was a part of had beef. You yeah. know. Now I wasn't involved in it. It was just the guys who ran that one and the guys that ran mine. So uh, I guess somebody had said something that um, I don't remember the the whole details. But I guess somebody that ran the smaller league said something in the battle. Uh, that got taken out of context and it was um, I, I'm not exactly sure what he said or, or what have you but um, uh, it just got taken out of context and then they just didn't want anything to do with them mm-hmm. as far as I know mm-hmm. um, but uh, but that was kind of but even but even then when I kind of I kind of uh, I had a couple kind of a couple homies that did get to do the elite uh, league and and uh, they're pretty vicious. Like, uh, yeah, yeah. If you choke once, it's it's a whole thing. Yeah, yeah. So they're definitely, and I didn't, I didn't have any fear in jumping into that, just to, just uh just just to do it. But uh, I did a couple, and then I kind of got the experience I wanted out of it, and I realized I just enjoy doing music more than spending a month figuring out how I can wreck somebody's life or something (laughs) wreck somebody's (laughs) self-esteem. So, uh, but, uh, but I still kind of, but I watch a lot of rap battles. And so lyrically I get inspired by a lot of them. Um, a lot of times if I'm having writer's block, if I'm having writer's block, I can listen to dudes just go off of syllables. And then let's just say someone's one, uh, rhyme word is like rhyme book. Mm -hmm. And then he goes off those, those, uh, those rhymes and then i'll just write down a rhyme book and then i'll write down what rhymes with rhyme what rhymes with book and then try to come up with a bu- you know that that amount of multi multisyllables and then um and, and that way when i'm writing and i need something to kind of go off of mm-hmm. uh kind of have that and then i can write the songs around it so that's usually been my cure for writer's block and mm-hmm. so and uh, i and you can find a lot of those in in a lot of these like new rap battles and so that that that's kind of been so even even some of my more like personal like sadder songs, they're still like metaphors and punchlines. So that's just kind of overall my writing style. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah yeah, battling was just something I did previously, and it was just like, hey, I just want to be a part of that culture for a little bit, and um, just see if I I do okay or if I just absolutely suck at it. <laughs> but um, it's uh, I will tell people it's a lot harder. Um, than it is to perform your songs. Yeah. Because it's all quiet, it's all a cappella, at least now it is. Mm-hmm. And uh yeah, and all eyes are definitely on you. Oh, and yeah. and uh it's definitely like people are, are there to see you absolutely dominate this other person. Mm-hmm. And uh um and I and I would imagine the old school way of doing it where you're having a freestyle to a beat, not knowing who you're battling is probably even harder. Yeah, because there's no preparation. So, yeah, it's definitely tougher. And every and I would say some of my other rapper friends who who kind of went to do that, and they did that just to kind of get some notoriety, and they said the same thing. They were like, man, there's so many lyrics I forgot because it was just like it's more like intense yeah. <laughs> than it is just memorizing a song. But it happened to me. There are a couple of lines I wrote that just totally forgot and had to go to the next one that was in memory Mm -hmm. so um you know and you're thinking about what what was said to you on the last round that you're having to try and respond to so yeah um, so yeah that was just something i just did briefly and uh it wasn't something that i'm that i had a whole up you know whole come up or uh or try to build a career on it was uh just like uh it was to me is no different than me just doing a cypher just just implementing into the culture and and the, the different areas of it outside of just the music
0: yeah yeah that's a <clears throat> well i got firsthand look at it from filming uh yeah. with all due respect yeah. rap yeah. battle league mm-hmm. and see growing up it was i remember those like freestyling you don't know who you're battling or anything yeah and so it's like oh man um but now it's like everything's written out uh, sorry to spoil, spoil it everybody, but right, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, everything, everything's written out. They, they uh, write out for a month, like you said, and and so like watching it then, but then, I mean, sometimes, man, yeah, they forgot their lyrics, mm-hmm. and everybody's like, but everybody was cool. They're like, oh, you got it, man. Like, yeah, everybody was encouraging. I should say, right, but yeah, I mean, pff, you bringing up all that, it's like it's true, man. It's true, yeah, it's yeah. real scary,
1: yeah. And um, yeah, and there's there's some guys. I mean, there's a few homies of mine that jumped in, and and some of them were pretty natural at it. And then some of them I know just kind of wanted to do it because it was, it, it it was definitely a good thing for, uh, um, I guess exposure. But there's there's some you know there's some friends of mine that did it. And I was like, man, I think, I think music. And you know, I tell them, I think music is kind of more your calling because because mm-hmm. a lot of this battling just definitely requires you to be a little bit more savage than maybe you really are. <laughs> so yeah. it, it depends on who you're battling, you know, but, uh, yeah, a lot of these guys like to go, they like to go to the, to, to the extreme. Um, um, and I can imagine even when it's a, a situation where there's money involved, Oh yeah, you're like, Oh dude, I'm getting that bag. So you're, you're, you're going down. <laughs> some kind of mindset. So, um, but, uh, but no, I, I the, the first battle I did, um, I had, I definitely had fun with that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and the guy I battled, um, did a lot of, he did a lot of battles. And then, um, there were one particular one that he forgot everything and choked. And, uh, I was remember on YouTube and a homie of mine was there and I was like, got him, <laughs> I started writing. I was like, Oh, we're <laughs> just so into, uh, and it was, it was funny. Cause, um, um, because it was like, uh, I did a whole bit on basically imitating him choking or whatever, oh. and you and I did it in a way. This is a while back, so I don't remember, but it was a way where you didn't have to know about it. Uh-huh. There was a way I did it, and uh, um, it was it was fun. It was definitely one of those fun things, especially when you say things that get you know crowd reaction,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and um, and, uh, and he did it really good. There was really nothing particularly. I always got the whole, you look like you should be in a heavy metal band. I, (laughs) that was pretty, there was that. And, uh, but at the same time, the guy came really good. Like it was, uh, I think that was the most interesting part for me was what, what is it that people have? What, what is the insult that I could get thrown Mm, mm. at me? Like, what does this guy know about me? (laughs) And, uh, you know, and it, it was, it was actually cool. Like it was honestly like, um, you know, because uh, I watched this guy's all his battles, and and I I think his best work was when he was battling me. So, <laughs> <laughs> I I mean that, I don't yeah. I don't can't really say that's like a flex or yeah. or a bragging thing, but it's just like literally like he didn't sc- it, there was no mess up. He was on point. He was in my face. He was talking to the promoter. He was talking to the crowd. Mm-hmm. Um, it was very animated and stuff like that and so i was like okay so I mean, I, you know so it was uh and like i said like I, I watched like every battle of his and i thought that was like his best one so um the second battle like i said i i didn't go well i battled someone who was a fan of mine mm. and he was just now getting into it uh he came a lot more better than i did but i'm sitting here like what am i gonna come up with to to like uh um, you know, bash this, <laughs> bash this kid. So it was, uh, the, the second one wasn't entirely one I liked. I didn't take it terribly serious because it's hard to, it, it's hard to come up with lines on somebody that literally like, this is their first or second time battling. Mm. And then they're a fan of you and then, you know, and stuff like that. So, um, and so, yeah. <laughs> it was weird. <laughs> it was, it was yeah. weird. Yeah, so...
0: <coughs> oh man. Well bro, uh well thank you for coming on. Yeah, thank you. And uh let us know uh if you have any tour like you got a tour coming up, any shows um, coming up or anything? Maybe No, this, I'm, I'm tapped out. You tapped tra- out?
1: Well, for the year. For the year, I mean yeah. for traveling, yeah, yeah. I'm staying I'm staying home for the rest of the year. Yeah. Uh yeah, there will be tours um next year. I know I know me and a couple people are talking about one in June. Um there might be there might be like a, a short one in either April or May. Mm-hmm. Um, I know I know I'll be traveling just a little bit. I think, uh, uh, yeah, I want to do a little bit more in south in the Southwest. Um, you know, uh, I definitely um, heard great things about you know New Mexico, like Gallup and Albuquerque, and mm-hmm. I've yet to perform out there. I've only been there in passing, mm-hmm. just to get to Arizona and back, or or Las Vegas and back. So. Um, so yeah, there'll be, uh, but there's also parts of the Midwest I like coming to. So, yeah. um, I'll, i I'll, I'll do at least probably two tours next year. Um, it'll, it'll probably, it'll come through like spring or summer. Um, I might do one in, or something like that, or I might do one in October. Like I usually do mm-hmm. probably early October where it's still the weather's nice before, I don't know the the cold weather and Halloween weekend was some bullshit. Ugh. I know, yeah. Then it's like <laughs> seventy
0: degrees the next week. <laughs> what the fuck! It rained out everything too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Halloween so, weekend it was so mm-hmm. yeah,
1: yeah. Touring is it, it takes time for preparation. Obviously, like you have to have like some finances, uh, you know, from from the jump, and um, you know, and uh, it's the tours. The touring has become more. Uh, profitable for me you know i've i've gotten pat i've be able to surpass the losing money on the road thing mm-hmm. um which does happen sometimes but uh so it's just getting everything prepared you know getting the vehicle um you, you know what i mean and and all that kind of stuff but uh but yeah i'll do a, i'll do at least two tours they will probably be like a weekend thing um, we're, I'm kind of, it's not planned yet, but there was talks of doing, uh, Salt Lake City in Las Vegas for a weekend. Um, it's not set in stone, uh, but there's a talk about there being, uh, an event in Salt Lake City and then Las Vegas is not far. Mm-hmm. So there's a talk about, so if, if that comes to fruition, then I can set something up in Las Vegas and then just do two shit, you know, me and my girl fly out vegas do a show go to salt lake city drive back and then have a night off in vegas and fly home <laughs> so we, we talked about that idea but uh but as far as an actual tour i i definitely see myself doing you know new mexico you know back to arizona and um you know i would like to hit the west coast and stuff like that because i've done a lot of midwest so I would like. I'd probably take one tour and split it up, and then half of it would be Southwest and West Coast. Mm-hmm. Come back home, and then, and then continue maybe a week or two, and then do the Midwest portion. So, yeah, no, nothing set in stone. Uh, this is really just ideas I'm floating around right now. So, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the weekend, the mini weekend ones are my favorite, just because uh, they're 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 a lot cheaper because you're not gone as many days. Um, it's easy because some of my homies I want to bring on the tour. You know, obviously like they live and work, you know, work got weekends off. So it it's a little easier people can take off work. You know, we can come back just enough time mm-hmm. to go back to work and stuff like that. So that's uh so those ones are a little they're a little uh they're definitely like easier. Yeah. Easier to do uh when when there's certain people you you want to bring. Mhm on tour it's easier when my girls there to DJ but you know she works uh you know I mean she she works in a an office and stuff like that but you know we can get like a thir she can get a Thursday and Friday off if we're just gonna be gone for the weekend so yeah so yeah um but uh yeah that's uh we just did the Friday the 13th mini tour that went really well that was actually Mm -hmm. one of the best results I've had uh Every show was a good turnout. Uh, we made money. We made new fans. Sold merch. Uh, we sold the posters. Um, so uh, you know, the, you know things uh, that that kind of worked out. Because usually when you do a tour, there's always that one or two shows mm-hmm. where maybe it's dead. Uh, you didn't make anything. Maybe lost money for that particular day. And so it was kind of cool to to uh, have one where yeah, it all worked out. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's good
0: yeah, yeah, very good That's always good <laughs> Yeah <laughs> But, uh Oh yeah What part of Arizona Did you go to? Uh
1: Prescott Valley
0: Okay Robin Jackson From Classic Wolf Podcast Book Had Enough Because he lives in Arizona Oh,
1: nice, nice Find
0: a way To book Had Enough Out there So he can spend More time out
2: there Yeah <laughs> And then any friends
0: <laughs> In New Mexico I got some people From there too Albuquerque, nice. Santa Fe Nice Man, book Book Had Enough, man He's a great artist
1: yeah, Santa Fe was amazing. I got to go there yeah. and just go sightseeing. Uh huh. That's a yeah. I think uh, it was the plaza. Uh huh. We went to yeah. That's a.
0: That's yeah, pretty cool. There's a bar you might like. It's a, It's called the Matador. Okay. And it's kind of like underground, and uh, it's like a punk metal type of nice. vibes. And there's like it's it's a really cool little bar. It's been there ever. It's been there forever. But uh, anybody who runs the Matador, who knows. Book had enough. I think they still do shows there because they used to do shows when I lived there. But uh, Book had enough there, man. It's a, it's a, I would say it's a historical bar, but yeah.
1: (laughs) But Uh, Joplin, Joplin, Missouri used to have something called the cesspool, and it was some guy's uh, basement. Uh huh. And uh, I remember playing there a long time ago, and uh, yeah, yeah, it was small. It get packed out. Yeah. Um, it was one of those crowds that like you probably get away with crowd surfing.
0: Oh nice! Without
1: getting hurt, <laughs> and uh, and he would, yeah, he would just have. I think he, yeah, he charged like a cover, but I think he had money that he would pay you with. Mm-hmm. Um, that was like a long time ago. That's like 2000, 2005 Oh yeah. So and I think we got paid seventy five. So back then, seventy five went a, a longer way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> but it was cool. I remember. It, I was just thinking, like, it's just some dude's basement, mm-hmm. and It was just some. It was just some like stoner metalhead guy, and then. He he had a sound system, he had a stage and and uh yeah, it just felt like just some old punk rock spot. And um placed I think his basement fit maybe twenty five people. Oh wow. And so yeah, the people would show up and it'd just it'd be pa wall to wall.
0: So <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. And um <clears throat> and your new album, Chasing Ghosts, comes out November twenty fourth, Black uh-huh. Friday. Yep. So everybody get ready for that and are you doing a show that day, too? Or that yeah, night, maybe? Yeah, I'm doing an event.
1: Um, I was originally going to do do what I usually do, where I put the album release show the day it comes out, mm-hmm. or the day after. And uh, and usually like the CD is available and all that, but the that's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. And then um, a couple of my Toss artists are on the album, Unfortunately, aren't available that day, so mm. it just felt weird for me to have it on that day, and I don't have them for us to perform our song. Okay. So we're probably gonna do that at open at the or open mic probably sometime in December. Oh. Uh, okay. When the and the CD be ready by then, so I'll just do a different release date for the CD. So, uh, but I had an idea for Black Friday where, um, you know, we would charge half at the door. Usually, I do ten dollars, and then it'll be five, and then twenty. 20 percent off merch have free food kind of for the thanksgiving festivities and uh so i just put up you know underground hip-hop lineup and then and then we just kind of do like a black friday sale kind of thing nice with everything and then um so yeah and where's that at uh it'll be at full circle
0: lounge okay full circle lounge yeah awesome well everybody Check. Oh, yeah. Let them know where to follow you and okay, everything. Easy, everything.
1: Easy, easy thing to do is go to hadenoughmusic.com. That's my website, and it'll link you to everything. Um, or another easy way is just go to, uh, I would say the easiest one to go to is Instagram, which is at hadenough918. And then if you go to my link, you'll see my link tree, and that'll link you to everything. Uh, That I'm on So from Apple Music Spotify Facebook YouTube Twitter X Or whatever it's called now Um, Yeah YouTube uh, The latest single Or the latest album So if you're um, And uh, I have a I guess they call it Like a drop link That's in there too We'll Mm -hmm. take you to a website Called Song Whip And then you can choose Which platform You want to listen That song Or that album on Mm -hmm. Um and then you know the website i have a mailing i have a mailing list um merch shop i'm in between merch shops right now but i think i'm going to get back on bandcamp and do it that way but i sell so much merch at the shows that i hardly have much inventory to have a merch shop um so i'm constantly having to order more merch ski masks and beanie sell really fast um I'm, I'm sold out of those i've been meaning to get more shot glasses so uh my biggest issue with my merchandise is keeping it in stock but those are good problems yeah those are good. <laughs> so <laughs> so yeah so once i kind of get that out under control i'm gonna m- make the online merch shop more of a priority mm-hmm. but same time i tell people if there's any of my merch if you can't make it to a show or 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 if uh, you live in a town that I probably won't be coming to anytime soon, if you want a T-shirt, you want something, you can just message me on social media on anything, and then um, I'll just give you the total. You can cash at me and I'll ship it to you. If you live local, I'll meet up with you. I've actually did that uh, quite often. Mm-hmm. So, um, so yeah, for people man I can't, I work all the time. I don't have a car. I can't make it to a show, but I want to. I would like to get your shirt or something like that you Know, I can send it directly to you.
0: Nice, so <clears throat> awesome, and uh, so yeah, everybody check out Had Enough, check out the website that'll link you to everything he's on, wherever his music is. You on YouTube too? Uh, yeah, okay, yep, yep, YouTube, okay, YouTube, check out the YouTube as well. And uh, November 24th, Chasing yep. Ghosts. Oh, do you right. want to? What's up? I thought you were gonna spit some. Oh no no no! <laughs> he had his that phone was, out. I had was some. Had some lyrics. No <laughs> no, but uh, everybody go check him out. Ch- Chasing Ghosts November twenty fourth, the show at the Full Circle, uh-huh. uh huh, bar. Yep. Yeah. Full Circle Bar, that evening, <clears throat> and um, oh, hit him up for merch. Yep. Yep. Hit him up for merch. If shoot, you work all the time. He just you just heard him. So hit him up for merch. Whatever you need uh so go follow okie podcast where you listen to podcasts on apple spotify follow me at okie podcast on instagram at Mm -hmm. wrestlemus49 uh you can follow me on facebook you can add me on facebook as well russell sun eagle okie podcast is on there as well and follow spirit talkers on instagram uh facebook tiktok Oh, And I believe that's it Spirit Talkers is available everywhere So go check us out And Oh send us your stories Send us your stories Scary stories Paranormal Whatever Whatever And then we'll read it on the show And so I guess until next time everybody Peace Waste on these dumb cats, I parry you're approaching